Welcome to the Pact Podcast, where we discuss matters of Christian living and Christian discipleship for Christian community. Pact stands for Prayer, Accountability, Confidentiality, and Truth, Essentials for Doing Life Together in the Local Church. I'm your co-host, Tim Harvey, alongside co-host Adam Rogers and Cody Hopwood. Now, on to the Pact. Welcome back to the Pack Podcast. Today, we are thinking about entertainment, uh, which is a pretty big, broad subject, but uh, I think it's no secret that we live in an age of entertainment. We've been in that age for quite some time. Um, most of us remember when Netflix come on the scene, and with it came the idea of binge-watching. Uh, we have other things that we entertain ourselves with. So just want to think conscientiously as Christians like about the entertainment that uh, we consume. So, what is entertainment? What kinds of entertainment we're we're taking in? Uh, how has that affected us personally? You know, in our in our private life, uh, spiritual life. How has that affected uh, culture or the church specifically? So, just some kind of some big ideas uh, that are pretty general, I think. But maybe we'll get into some specifics. So, just thinking about entertainment, we know there's a lot of different avenues to entertain ourselves, but what do we mean by entertainment as we're kind of having this conversation, maybe some examples of how we entertain ourselves? Yeah, think about entertainment. It's funny. We we started talking about this, I guess, before we went live and kind of looked around and said, how would how would we define entertainment? And, yeah. and I think I think kind of what we kind of what we came up with is it's it's something that that occupies our mind and or our time. Uh, basically, for the purpose of enjoyment, um, I think we all know this can come in a million different shapes and forms. I guess that's kind of the purpose is you know entertainment. We're trying to uh, we're trying to occupy people's mind and trying to occupy their time for the purpose of enjoyment. Well, different people enjoy different things. Therefore, there's a million different forms of of entertainment. So. Uh, for some, it could be hobbies. For some, it could be, uh, you know, going out in nature. For some, it could be staying inside looking at a screen. For some, it could simply be listening. I mean, there's a there's a whole host of things that, of course, fall into this. But but I think a, I think a good definition is it's it's simply occupying uh, your time uh, for really the purpose of I guess pleasure. Yeah. What would y'all add to that? I don't. I, mean, I think it's a pretty good way to think about it. I think it would be an interesting exercise, maybe to just consider why is it that certain things we find enjoyable and some things we don't, or, or sometimes some things we count as entertainment, some things we would not. And of course, like you said, you've got a, a a billion different things that it could be, and people are different. Something that I might think's entertainment, you might not think's entertainment, but it's still kind of an interesting thing to consider, you know, kind of like food choices. We, we probably don't sit around pondering like, why is it that I'll prefer chocolate ice cream and instead of vanilla or whatever. But we probably don't sit around thinking like, why is it that I'm attracted to this certain form of entertainment and not that form of entertainment, but it might be a good exercise for a Christian, especially as we talk about the content of entertainment, not just what content uh, should I consider as a Christian, but why is it that I would be attracted to that kind of entertainment to begin with, you know, and does that say something about 
who I am as a person and, and that sort of thing. You Do you know? think that there's an element of like escapism to our common uses of entertainment? Because like we all would agree that the Lord has made us um, to enjoy things. Like you bring up mm-hmm. food. Why do we have taste buds? So that we might enjoy the food that we eat. Yes, we have to have food in order to be, you know, nourished. But you can have good nourishing food and like, you know, good for you food and not have to taste it. Mm-hmm. But the Lord made us with taste buds. So like how does how does escapism come into this conversation of uh, of of entertainment and maybe does that is that escapism a big part of why we take in so much entertainment? Uh I think it does certainly fall into. I mean, sometimes people get so bogged down with their life, the reality of their life, that they just want an out. But I think there's kind of two ends to this. One is is like life is so hard, or or I wish my life wasn't the way it was. So for me to kind of try to shut off everything that might occupy my mind normally, so that I can go into some other reality. Um, is there, but I also think on the other end, it's it's kind of an adventurism. It might not be that life is so hard or that I, I can't bring myself to think anymore about all of the terrible things that I've got going on. It might be that life is so meaningless and boring and pointless to me that I want to feel like I'm alive through some other means, yeah. you know, um, and so it might, you know, it, both of them are escapism, but it can be from a, a, a from on one end of the spectrum. Like I want to, I want to chill in escapism, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I want things to calm down, or I, I want to escape to something that seems exciting because everything seems so pointless. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know. Was it the? Is it like the metaverse? Is that right? Do y'all it's, know what I'm talking about? Like, like with the, Marvel and such? The virtual world? Oh, yeah. It, did I use the wrong term? Well, I mean... Yeah. You can put on your virtual reality goggles and basically yeah. go anywhere and do anything. Yeah. yeah. What, what's that place called? I don't know. There's just virtual reality. Yeah. I mean, there's just... There are, you know, there are certainly, you know, virtual reality realms where yeah. you, you basically, um, you have an avatar that you've created, yeah. and you can create the world, interact with people around, like actual people around the world, but they're they're their avatar, you know. Uh, interestingly enough... Which that, that, that has become more and more, I guess, prominent now because of technology. Yeah. But that, that concept's always been in a reality. It's just been in our imagination sure. rather than yeah. having something to put on our faces yeah, to take to us it. there, yeah. you know. But you could literally go anywhere. Yeah, you know, so you know, I think that plays into both points of what you just mentioned, Tim. Of, you know, maybe maybe there's a place you will literally never get to go. Mm. Well, you can strap on some goggles and you can go there. Like there's this sense of adventure, Mm. or maybe life is so difficult, or work is so difficult, or you are just so overwhelmed with everything that. You need to almost get out and like live a different life. Yeah. Like you're so unhappy, and you're well. That can accomplish both. I think there's a reason that 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 is taking off. So yeah, the escapism. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's escape in the sense of adventure, or escape in the sense of I have to get a relief mm-hmm. from from my reality and my real world. Which probably, I mean, all of us need some kind of wind down routine, right? We we need to be able to wind down after a long day, um, whether that's playing with our kids or 
watching TV. I mean, there's different ways that we can do this. It's not all. I mean, we're not. I'm not trying to say that all entertainment is just pure escapism or. You know, it's because I need a, an adventure because my life's so boring or life is too hard and I need out. But I think that is a motivating factor for many people mm. when it comes to overconsumption uh, of entertainment. So uh, as as Christians, you know, that's we want to think about everything. I mean, the Lord's called us to love, love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So like uh, part of how we spend our time and what we take in, I mean, is a way that we demonstrate our love for the Lord. So we want to think about this well. So when it comes to the entertainment that we take in, whether we're talking music or you know uh, social media or video games or you know your streaming services, like how conscientious must we be when mm. it comes to the entertainment that we are consuming that we are uh, taking in? Because I mean, it's similar to food. I mean, um, we understand like the Christian worldview is the way that we see the world. Mm. Uh, everything is biting for that. Everything is trying to influence the way that we see the world, whether it's commercials telling us that a, a Nissan truck's going to open up the gates to me being in the Sahara Desert somehow. I don't know how that works, but it's promising yeah. me that on the TV, right? So so how conscientious should the Christian be? How, how much does the content of what we consume matter? I think, well, your uh, illustration of food, I think the way I think about entertainment, that's a really good way to think about it. Uh, of course, we didn't. We didn't even ask the question: like, is entertainment in itself qualitatively good or bad as a Christian? You know, um, and I mean, you kind of alluded to it then that we all kind of need some sort of downtime. But um, thinking about like food, you know, obviously food is not is not a bad thing. It's a good thing that God gave us. But when you think about certain foods that if you took you know, you only ate those foods and didn't eat anything else and they're bad for you, then that would be bad. Or if you ate way too much food or are not enough, you know, then that's a thing to, to, to worry about there. So to me that I think it's a good way to think about entertainment is two main questions is what's the quality of it. So the actual characteristic of the entertainment that we're taking in much like you would say, okay, what am I ingesting into my body? Is that thing a good thing or is it a bad thing that's going to harm me? But then the amount of it, mm -hmm. you know, we think, you know, if you're just constantly eating all the time, even if you're eating good quality food, it's it can be a bad thing, you know. So I think for a believer, th those are two really good questions is what is the content that I'm taking in and how much of it am I taking in? And um, I mean, I don't, Cody might want to deal with those or one of those. or Yeah, I, I think... I'm I'm probably I'm probably more conscientious of this than most people just from from personal conviction. I think in the life of the believer the content of our or our entertainment is is huge. We need to consider that heavily. Um you know, I've I think it was a few years ago at T4G, I don't remember exactly what year it was, I think 2018 maybe. Uh, I think Kevin DeYoung had a sermon on this that kind of opened my eyes. And I've heard Brother West talk about this. Of course, he was my pastor at, at First Baptist Mayfield. Um, but, but something that is alarming to me in the life of believers is how often we are entertaining ourselves with sin. Mm. Um, we watch movies and we watch TV shows, and the whole purpose and the whole plot is murder. Yeah. When the scriptures very clearly speak against murder, 
So so we're sitting here watching people on TV kill each other, not literally, but in movies and in TV shows, and we are calling what the Lord calls sin, we are calling entertainment. We're sitting here drinking Coke and, and eating popcorn and watching it. But I think that goes back to that question. We, we usually don't ask those questions, but why is it that it entertains us? Yeah. You know, like why is it that that particular thing is more entertaining to us than, than something else? Yeah. You know, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I, but, but I think it says something about us. Yeah. First of all, I think it says, you know, where do we as fleshly people have a tendency to lean? What, what seems to be the most entertaining things to us? Oftentimes it's the, you know, it's the thrillers, the people that are, shooting and killing and the video games that we play revolve around shooting and uh you know it i think about even the music we listen to you know what what is it what is it promoting you know is it uh is it promoting something that's wholesome or is it promoting sleeping around and getting drunk and partying and having a good time. And I guess for me, you could, if you can't tell, I'm passionate about it, but it, it just is alarming that as believers, we can so easily entertain ourselves with things that, that God so clearly, I mean, it's not even a question, calls sin. And, and you know, I've had to check myself. Uh, you know, it was Heather would attest to this, but there are shows that I used to enjoy watching, uh, and probably would still enjoy watching today, that I no longer watch um, because of the language. Uh, shows that weren't in and of themselves bad, the content was not in and of themselves bad or sinful by the world standards, perfectly acceptable would probably be PG thirteen at the worst, but the language in them was horrible. And, and, of course, just knowing that language, you know, am I entertaining myself with this show where people are continually cussing or where things are continually being bleeped out in this situation, that, in my mind, is not good for a believer. Mm. Uh, so, so I would stop. I stopped watching that. And to the point in my home and in my family, it's made it very difficult even for us to go to the movies to even sit down and pick a TV show. Uh, because we're very conscientious, what is it that we're filling our mind with, mm. and and how is that affecting? You know, we're all being discipled by something. It seems counterproductive if I'm reading if I'm reading "Thou shall not" or "Thou shall" in Scripture, and then I'm going and I'm literally enjoying that very thing that the Lord said, "Don't do." in my downtime it's so counterproductive so i that that's one of these things that in my christian walk has been pivotal Mm. over the past probably five or six years in maturing as a believer of i'm very conscientious of what i take in i'm not perfect um uh, I'm sure there's still much refining that needs to take place, but in the heart and the life of a believer, I'm convinced what we're Do taking in. Do you think that, that some of it is that we feel like we're not nearly as affected by those things as maybe we actually are? I mean, a Christian saying, you know what, I don't use foul language, and if I start, if, if I watch a show that has foul language, I'm not going to start using foul language just because I watch it, or 
you know, I'm watching something where there's murder, but that I'm not going to murder someone. You know, I'm not going to want to murder someone. Do you think it's like that idea of, well, this doesn't actually affect me. So what's the problem with, with watching it? You know? Yeah. I'd say that would be a, I was going to say a valid argument. I don't know if I'd call it a valid, a logical argument. I, I think a lot of people are thinking in that realm. Um, and, you know, so short answer, yes, yeah. absolutely. What, what's your thoughts? Well, on that? I think that all content comes from a, a producer, a person, you mm-hmm. know, like, so everyone's going to be, you, you're exactly right. Everyone is seeking to make disciples. Most of the time in, in like, you know, television shows, whatever the discipleship process is, mainly you watch our show every Tuesday night or mm-hmm. when we release a, you know, release a season, you binge watch it in a weekend, whatever it is. Like they want your time and your attention because your time and attention means money in their pocket, right? But that doesn't mean that there's not moral messaging behind that. So, you know, every like, this is maybe this is just you know the example because it's so prominent um, over the last couple of years. But I mean, name a popular television show that doesn't feature some sort of social engineering when it mm-hmm. comes to LGBTQ issues or um, more. Uh, liberal agendas as far as like moving, you know, away yeah, from pa- pack pick, uh, Al Mohler's culture shift. He really talks about oh. that. And it's interesting, the history of it. He can kind of outline how there was even basically a concerted effort to say, if we're going to win this debate of LGBTQ issues, it's going to be in entertainment. Yeah. It's not going to be in yeah. politics. It's not going to sure. be in. So because you're normalizing it. Yeah. Right? It's you're, the, you're, the way it, the way to normalize it is to laugh at it. Yeah. So it was, yes. he even goes into like it kind of intentional that will and grace, for example, ended up becoming yeah. a really important TV show yeah. in the process of that. Yeah, you know? sure. And then you look at what Disney's doing, but it's a generational yeah. thing as yeah. well. Yeah. You think about specifically LGBTQ, not to get too far off base, but there's probably certain generations that they're never going to win over. No. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we doing? We're going to play the long game. Mm. We're yeah. going to start, for lack of a better word, discipling children. Yeah. Disney seems to be the front runner in this. Right. They're inserting it into everything. And over the course of decades, in every generation, for the most part, will accept it. Yeah. Because it's starting now and normalized now. Yeah. So, I mean, I think all of us could probably pull up our phones right now and tell how much screen time we've, you know, used last week. Like, mm. it, your phone gives you your averages. That doesn't take into consideration, like, you know, how much TV you watch, if you get it on your, you know, streaming service on the TV or entertain yourself through a book or listening to music, you know. But a lot of our lives revolve around this idea of amusing ourselves constantly. So you can imagine the scenario. Maybe this is you listening. I mean, I, I do this to some point, to some extent throughout the day. But you wake up in the morning. Uh, you're getting ready. You've got your morning podcast on. You get in the car to head to work. You're listening to the radio. You get to work, and you got music playing in the background while you're you're doing your task, your job, or it's talk radio. And the you know if you're working in a, a, a shop or something, uh, you get in the car to go home, back to radio or podcast. Maybe you're listening to our pa- podcast right now, mm-hmm. so maybe we're not. Maybe you won't turn us off because of conviction, but we'll see. We but appreciate then, you but then, listening. Yes, we do appreciate you listening. 
I don't have a good way, way to get back on track. Uh, anyway, but you get home, you eat supper, and maybe you do, maybe you don't have rules about entertainment at the kitchen table. Maybe it's a free-for-all. You head over to the TV in the living room. It's entertainment. Kids go to bed. It's mom and dad's time just to chill and watch TV. You go to sleep. So, like, we can imagine that's kind of a normal routine mm-hmm. for most people. So I bring all that out to say, why is it we can't be bored? Why is it that we must always have something to entertain us? And then what are the implications of that, like, personally, for, like, your your time with the Lord? Um, what kind of implications does that have, not being able to be bored, constantly being entertained? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, that that is – we're kind of getting really into some deep – questions about human nature here really and uh why it is that we want the things that we want i think the reason why we're so uh, excited by entertainment and fun right now in our age is because of that dynamic of there's so many things that seem to be purposeless in our life you know um it's hard for people to grab on to things that really have meaning in their life even if they, you know, have a good job, have a good nine to five, make the money, they they think they know why they're making that money. Maybe they buy the things in their life that they think are going to give them fulfillment. But I think what it comes down to ultimately is that it feels like that there's nothing that's really substantial in their life that they can hold on to. And so it it almost becomes a living through other people, whether I'm living through the character on television or whether I'm living through the basketball player who seems to be accomplishing things in his life. Or, um, to I think, and you know, you guys may have different analysis on this, but I think it comes down to the idea of purpose. Uh, probably the people who feel the most purposeful in what they're doing themselves in their life need less entertainment than other people do. That's my guess. So, what do you think, Cody? Put you on the spot, make you think on there. <laughs> y'all can hear the, the, the y'all I can, can hear, hear the, the wheels fizzling out. Well, I can see it. Most people can't see it. Smoke's rolling. Yeah. Well, I think the reason that we've got to have something going on is I think we've. Uh, now I'm going to be speaking out of my league here. I'm far from a from a doctor. Uh, you know, someone who studies the brain, but there's something that it does within us. Mm. I don't know if that's some kind of chemical, you know, release that we we like it and we crave it and therefore we want more of it. You know, over time, the more exposure we have to it, I guess we probably in, in a way get addicted to it and therefore we we want to continue to to have that form of entertainment. And before we know it, if we're not careful and if we're not disciplined, mm-hmm. we've got something playing in our ear or in front of our eyes or we're scrolling or something nonstop because whatever that is biologically that happens to us, I guess we get addicted to it. And I'm sure there's good words for it. I'm sure there's a good explanation for it that's way out of my league uh, but but I think I think that's part of it, and the implications of that I think was kind of the second part of the question mm-hmm. for for the Christian is it becomes difficult for us to have quote unquote quiet time, you know as as pastors and as leaders we're always encouraging our people have quiet time with the Lord, 
you know, sit down and pray. It's so hard to sit down and just pray. I mean, I have to sometimes on some days literally either put my phone in a different room or put it on airplane mode and sit like away from a computer because my my hand will grab my phone just out of habit before I realize what's happening. Uh, and I think that's the that's the negative effect is it makes it much more difficult for us to just sit down and maybe just read mm-hmm. or sit down and maybe just pray. I mean, I have to physically pray with a list in front of me uh, or I'll get distracted. Mm. Um, I think I think part of that is the entertainment culture we live in. I don't think that's the full story, but I think that's part of uh, of, of where we need to have caution as believers is the distraction that can come about from it um, can... Uh, I guess stand in the way of our quiet time with the Lord because we don't even know what it means to have quiet time because there's always something that always on. that comes back to that original question too of why is it that we want one thing over another too you know that that's another question about who we are as people like why is it that I desire to watch television and be entertained more than I desire the Word of God in prayer. You know, and those, it's not necessarily, you know, we're not saying that the word of God and prayer is entertainment, so to speak. But in a sense, we're talking about what is it that that excites our minds, that excites our hearts? You know, why is it that watching somebody shoot somebody on television is more exciting to our minds and our affections than praying to the Lord? You know, and, you yeah. know, those are big questions for us to consider yeah. for ourselves, you know. Yeah. Because that, that's, I mean, that's the truth and the reality of it. You know, if you just really want to get bare bones is for a lot of people, I would venture to say most people um, don't get real excited about prayer. You don't yeah. get real excited about scripture reading. Uh, those words taste bad coming out of our mouth, but let's be real. That's how it is sometimes. Yet we can't wait. For that's, the, in our language, even you hear people say, and, and we've said it ourselves, sure, I need to pray more. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of language we use when we're talking about I need to work out or I need to. It's something that we feel like, okay, I understand logically why this is important, but I don't have a desire for it. Yeah. You know, so how, how do we flip the script so that prayer and the word of God is something that, quote, unquote, entertains us? <laughs> we want that we want our mind and our heart to be filled with it, you know? Yeah, I, I think it, it probably is as simple as, you know, you mentioned eating right or or working out. You talk to your local gym rat or you talk to your person who's been eating clean and healthy for years now. It takes a minute sometimes to see the benefit yeah. Yeah. or to yeah. maybe to feel the bit. We know we should eat right. We know we should work out, but it's difficult at first. But once you get in it, and you begin to see the benefit, well, then that becomes exciting to you. Well, that might Look, be something something important yeah. in the whole conversation that we're talking about is there is this idea of, of training oneself to be entertained by, by something. You're talking about the content and, and being careful in your family about, well, you know, somebody listening may say, well, all I ever watch is people killing each other and this stuff. That's what entertains me. How can I suddenly be entertained by a G-rated, you know, and – I think there is a training process. Like we can actually, 
we probably in some way trained ourselves to be entertained by murder. So now we need to retrain ourselves to be entertained by, by things that are more wholesome. Yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, thinking about thinking about some of that, I wonder if it's an instant, you know, a lot of our entertainment is so instant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, to, to really see the effects of prayer and, and good, say, Bible study, a lot of times that's not instant. Mm-hmm. It's a very slow, it's a long game, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of our entertainment, you know, we get that um, – we get that instant gratification just now, immediately, mm-hmm. yeah. and and maybe that's part of the answer of why why we tend to head this way towards this thing versus picking up the word or or taking fifteen or twenty minutes and spending those in solitude and silence and prayer with the Lord. It's because it's you know it's not that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. There is value in it. Over time, you see the value more and more, but in the immediate, in the here and now. There's one that certainly seems more uh, gratifying, mm-hmm. so maybe that's part of it. It's good. Uh, I know that I have many more thoughts as y'all do, but I do know that our time has come to an end, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope this has been beneficial if you're listening, um, just to kind of consider personal habits, family habits, what what perhaps we're missing out on when we're entertaining ourselves to death. So um, you mentioned uh, Culture Shift, mm-hmm. uh, Al Mohler. Um, I have a pack picked as well. It's uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman. It's an older book now, uh, I think written in the mid-'80s. But it's um, – can you call something prophetic – in retrospect, I mean, it kind of feels like that's what it is. Um, it, it really, he just had his thumb on the pulse of culture at the moment and a lot of the implications that were coming through television at the time. Uh, but now we see at a radical pace, if not far exceeding what he, he foresaw coming. So it would be worth uh, you reading, listening to. Uh, any other thoughts, pack picks, as we... Yeah, always on always on my mind. Pack pick something we've mentioned before. Donald Whitney's spiritual disciplines. Yeah, you know, I think being disciplined in doing those things we know we should do, even if they're not maybe what seems the most gratifying. Uh, I think that's that's the thing that gets us to the point where where we want to be at. So yep. Donald Whitney's book, um, Spiritual Disciplines of a Christian Life, um, even. Um, Disciplines of a Godly Man and Godly Woman. Is that mm. Kent and Barbara Hughes? Is that right? Uh, so just some books so. on discipline could could be helpful yeah. in that, yeah. you know, in, in learning and training uh, us to, to be better at doing what maybe we know we should do. Mm-hmm. So. Good deal. All right. Well, you've probably got maybe just a couple more minutes on your commute going home. Turn us off. Turn everything else off. Take some time. <laughs> be quiet and alone with the Lord. Uh, but we, uh, we, we hope that this will be helpful to you. We'll look forward to joining you again next week. Thanks for listening to The Pack Podcast. Weekly, we get together to think out loud discussing ethics, apologetics, theology, and how to apply God's Word to our everyday lives. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. For more information about our podcast, to connect with us or our church families, visit thepact.podbean.com. We pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll take the pact with a group of close believers pursuing prayer, accountability, confidentiality, and truth.